Hi, I'm Michaela Loach. And I'm Rebecca. And this is the Yikes Podcast. Season two, baby. So excited to be back and recording in person. If you're new here, welcome to the Yikes Podcast. If you're old, welcome back. Um, the podcast where we chat about all things climate justice, activism, refugee rights, anti-racism, allyship, and so much more. Uh, pretty much anything anti-oppression, and we will try and cover it. Basically, all the things that make us go, yikes. <laughs> we try to break down these issues to make them more accessible, as we understand that these movements can be like quite intimidating. Yeah. Um, and as we took a little break uh, and it's the start of a new season, we'll quickly reintroduce ourselves. So I'm Josephine Becker. I use she, her pronouns. I usually go by Joe. Uh, I'm a writer. I'm a climate activist and a master's student uh, in sustainability and social change with a focus on like environmental justice. And I'm Michaela Loach. I also use she, her pronouns. I'm a climate justice and anti-racism activist, writer and medical student based in Edinburgh, as well as Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into this episode, we'd like to do like a few wee definitions, or well, only one for this episode. Um, and we try and define key terms to make our ex- uh, conversations more accessible for all people. Although we also do encourage you to have a wee Google if you don't understand a term. That's a general rule for life. If you don't get something... Just like Google it rather than using your black friend. For this episode, uh, we're defining microaggression, which is basically a term for intentional or unintentional behaviors directed at a marginalized person based on prejudice and discrimination. And we hope you enjoy this episode, Sweet Beans. Welcome back, everyone. Um, we have been reflecting a lot during past like few months and during lockdown and past lockdown and been on a bit of break just to kind of like do some personal learning and also yeah reflect on how the how the year has been for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. But also I think that like lockdown and kind of and social distancing and kind of being more isolated and not being physically with a lot of people. Mm gave both of us and probably a lot of people a lot of time to reflect on your relationships and the people you have in your life and how you feel and I think everything that's happened over the last few months as well I think is at least for me I can say has quite dramatically affected how I think about my relationships and how I feel about them and how tolerant I'll be of certain behaviors etc etc so we both thought we'd have a little bit of a chat about those reflections you know Mm, Mm. yeah those relationships in our lives yeah (laughs) It's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I think, yeah, I think there's been so much going on, especially being around like less people and then Mm. just now starting to be able to see more people, if that's where you are based Mm. and that's okay. Then, yeah, it's it's really, for me, it's been really like strange of like, who do I want to keep in my life? And like, Mm -hmm. who do I um, also feel comfortable around enough? And like, who am I now getting like different feels about like wanting to see them again or possibly not seeing them again? Um, and obviously also seeing social media, like how people are been really engaged or like not been engaged mm. in like worldly events um, recently has been a big eye opener, I think, for many people mm. um, and also for me. Yeah, I think like if we're going to jump straight into jump it, straight you in. know, as we always do, um, especially for me, like being a black woman and during BLM and Black Lives mm. Matter and everything that happened um, and everything's still happening. And I think 
I feel like I've almost been, it's really weird to think about it. If I think about it, it's almost like I've been given permission to no longer take so much shit. It's almost as if like white people have finally given me the permission to like be a bit more ruthless Mm -hmm. (laughs) about how I experience different behaviors. And that in my relationships has made me be like, okay, well that I can see that that person was active on social media, even during that time or whatever. And didn't didn't post, didn't even do the bare minimum of posting something. Not even a performative black square. Yeah, Not even a performative black square, which part of me is like, is the performative black square worse than not? Do you know what Mm, I mean? I don't know what's worse. I really don't know what's worse. But I also reflected a lot on like those friends. I don't feel comfortable talking about my identity as a black woman with. And if I don't feel comfortable or safe talking about that with them, Mm. then why are they in my life? Like, why am I putting myself in situations where I feel stressed out? <laughs> where Literally, I, yeah. And, like, how much stress, like, actually impacts your body and your health? And it's something I've been thinking about a lot because, as we were saying, we're yeah. only just kind of seeing people again. Mm. Um, I mean, it depends. Some people might not be, but, like, so we've just moved back to Edinburgh. And, like, I have seen friends for the first time in many, many months of being mm. alone with my parents, <laughs> who I love loads, um, in Surrey. And it's been kind of weird because it make I've been even more aware of how uncomfortable some people can make me feel in a way I wasn't before and I think that like there's almost been time to reflect on that yeah so much I think it's it's so interesting like how we often I think especially with partners and like friends mm-hmm. relationships like this like we don't talk enough about like how like friend relationships like we tolerate so much shit mm. from our friends um and yeah, it's, I, th- I think it's wild to s- to think of like how how much we leave outside the room when we mm-hmm. are with certain people mm-hmm. and like how much we have to like either like tone down ourselves or like mm-hmm. change ourselves, but also like how we like how we give these people access to like a watered down version of ourselves mm-hmm. and then like how much they expect in return. Like I was, I was thinking a lot about like how some of my friends, like some people that I know, like they're constantly like, oh, I really admire the work that you do. Like, thank you so much for the work that you do. And I'm like, well, actually, I don't want to be your, like, person that you can, like, refer to around, like, for example, climate activism. Like, I want you also to do work or, like, I yeah, want yeah. you to be, like, and we don't have to do the same work. Mm. That would actually be boring. Like, mm. I'd be looking at my mirror. But, like, could we, like, I want relationships where, like, we both inspire each other mm. equally and there's a safe space for me to express and like for you to criticize me mm. and like on equal basis like you don't want you don't want yourself to be there like almost like get out of jail free card. yeah like I think yeah like I think during BLM I realized there are some people who um weren't a re- they weren't really friends they almost mm. thought that because I was their one black friend <laughs> their token black friend I was there get out of being called a racist free card and like that is gross. so gross yeah. and so tokenistic and so just oh um yeah and I know what you mean like the friends that will be like oh like I don't know and I get it like they'll be like oh it's so inspiring mm. that you do this that and that but I'm also like you could do it too like yeah. you could do some of it even like a little bit and yeah. we're not expecting everyone to be the same as us but like I think what you're saying about having to leave part of yourself at the door as well um like so code switching is this kind of I don't even know thing that people do all of us do it in some mm. way in the way in which different situations that we go into we leave a part of ourselves at the door so a lot of the time um, as a way of assimilation or as protection or just because we have different relationships for different reasons. But marginalised people do that so much more. So like as a marginalised person, like as a black woman specifically, I know there are so many situations where I will leave my, I'll feel like I have to leave my blackness at the door because that won't be appreciated by that situation. Mm. Or like in maybe academic settings, I'll be like, oh, I know that they don't want to talk about 
intersectionality or whatever. So I have to leave that part of my identity at the door in order to assimilate, in order to fit in in that situation. But something that I've realized a lot recently is how much that's stressing us out. Like how much is like, and I'm not saying that you're always, and both of us have had a conversation about this before, but like we're not saying that everyone has to be the same in every situation. No. But like, if, if yeah yeah if you're enti- if you feel like you have to leave like you know a massive part of your existence and you're like ex- like who you are at the door then like what are you like then who are you with these people mm. and i mean i think in like some like we study this as like in in my degree a lot around like how the environments we are in like shape us and like we shape them mm. and like so we we're never exactly the same in all spaces and mm. that's like that's fine but like I think it's, yeah, it's that like, if you feel like you have to hide the majority of your personality mm. and your being, then like, that's really problematic mm. in the way that like, these people demand who you are. Mm. And but also if yeah. like, like, I'm not saying, so yeah, sometimes you have friends, I don't know, you talk about something that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you don't feel safe with some yes. of your friends, yeah. Yeah. then they're not your friends. <laughs> and you shouldn't be putting yourself in those situations. And if you don't feel safe enough to, to speak up about when you don't feel safe, then that's just not like okay. Mm. And I realized there are so many situations where I personally didn't feel like I could communicate certain things. And I was, and there was so much I was holding myself back on. Um, I wrote an Instagram post about it actually, where I was talking about like when hanging out with with white friends can like with new white friends or even with some old white friends mm. like can bring tension into my whole body. Like I can be like oh, I'm almost waiting for them to say something that is going to be racist in some way. Mm. And then I, I almost know that I won't, like if I do speak up, it will be received with like, oh, like sorry of reacting or it will just be like, oh, um, oh, that's, you're wrong. <laughs> like yeah. I wasn't being like that. And how much that like is quite stressful to hold things in, like holding things in is really stressful. Um, and like, there's a quote by Audre Lorde that says, um, when we speak, we are afraid our words will not be heard nor welcomed. But when we are silent, we are still afraid. So it's best to speak. So that's something that I've taken on this year. And I'm not, I'm not saying that everyone else has to speak. Don't speak if you feel mm. unsafe. But I found, at least this is me just talking from my own personal experience, that whole, I was holding things in because I was afraid of the response. But I found that holding them in was harming me almost as much as speaking out. And like... Mm this is my year of taking no shits from anyone. Yeah. Like absolutely none. And Joe's definitely encouraged me <laughs> this a lot. But like, I have been calling problematic quote unquote friends, like left, right, mm, center. Good. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah. I have no, my, my like, my tolerance of white people bullshit doesn't exist anymore. Like, I amazing. Used to, I used to have such a high tolerance. I used to like keep people get away with such bullshit. Like, and now I'm just like, you know what? I don't have to anymore. Mm. Like I value myself and my time enough. Yeah. enough that I'm not going to give it to people that don't make me feel safe. I'm not going to give it to people who like don't deserve it. And I think mm. that like all of us could take some of that into the world. There are 7 billion, was it 7 billion? Or maybe there's 8 billion. I don't know. There's a lot of people in this yeah. world. That's all we're saying. There's a lot of people in this world. You don't have to keep people around who make you feel unsafe. You don't have to put yeah. yourself in situations that yeah. make you feel unsafe. You don't have to keep people around who like don't want all of you. Um, yes. I just finished, not just finished, I finished quite recently Florence Gomes' book, um, Women Don't Are You Pretty. And in it, it's about talking about romantic relationships. So I think this is definitely relevant to yeah. friend relationships. And I think we're not strict enough with our friend relationships sometimes. And we let them yeah. decide a lot too much. Yeah, yeah. But she says like, don't let someone give you crumbs when you deserve the whole cake. Like, if, you're, if your friend doesn't want you as who you are, if they only want like bits of you, Mm-hmm. and they won't love you for like who you are like holistically as a person then like go and find someone who will because there will be people who love you there completely will be. for who you there are there will be yeah 
Hello. So the Yikes podcast is primarily supported by our wonderful patrons. Um, if you don't know what Patreon is, it's basically a platform that you can support creators to make content um, because we can't be fucked with capitalism. So sponsored yeah, ads. sponsored ads. We do some sponsored ads, but yeah. usually um, most companies don't really support what we're doing. <laughs> if you are a company supporting our work and you're interested, shout out. Um, shout out to you. Yeah. But... In general, we want to be supported by our community because that means yes. we can talk about the things that we want to talk about. We aren't influenced in any way by anything. We just talk about the things that we think are important. And a lot of these mm. issues um, aren't really supported by many things. So that's why we're supported by you when we own by our community. Yeah. So if you do um, learn from us, you appreciate our work um, and this podcast, then um, yeah, please uh, join our Patreon. It's the Yikes podcast, just on Patreon. And uh, it helps, yeah, making this podcast sustainable and makes it actually happen and more. Yeah. And also, they, we put on, for the second tier, we put on extra bonus episodes every week. So you get Ooh. extra content um, where we have, like, more relaxed chats about so many different things. We've talked about migrant rights a lot on there. We've talked mm. about more about the media. We've talked about so many different things. Some personal things. things. Yeah. Some personal things. Um, it's a really great space as well. We sometimes do Q&As. We mm. share essays on there. Um, you just get more content from us. Yep. And mainly you can support our work if you've learned anything from us. Yep. Um, so thank you to all the people who are already supporting us. And yeah. yeah, thank you for making this happen. And yeah, please check out the Patreon link in the show notes. And we hope you're enjoying this episode. Um, yeah, thanks. And that, I love that you said that because like all of that and like, you know, like just calling those friend, friends, quote unquote, um, <laughs> it's like that is such a radical act of self-love. And mm. like the more we practice that, it's like, you know, we we are shaping like a better world for ourselves. Mm. And like, and I think that like the microaggressions that different, like in different ways people experience and like you have like talked about this before as like a black woman of like the the little things that like you have to like almost look out for and then you have to decide of like am I going to say any anything am I not going to say anything like mm. how do I and I yeah I think there's like several ways like of like how we deal with that um like we've talked about this on a Patreon before of like I was sharing like an experience around like catcalling and like mm. how in that instant I was very much like calling this old man out and like I was very disgusted and I I was safe enough and able enough to like respond in like mm. an open way but like in other in other instances like we're not always safe enough mm -hmm. to do these things and like to call out behavior um and I think there's yeah so there there's something of like a survival scale skill mm. and like a coping mechanism but also a way of like we're putting ourselves first we're putting ourselves in situations that we are safe we are loved mm. we are seen as who we are mm -hmm. and we can express our entire being without mm. like so quote-unquote like friends like not even just like acquaintances or like you know like mm. like shop i don't know like people we just like pass by but like people who we act actively give energy mm. to like that is why that like these people wouldn't like appreciate us mm -hmm. and love us for who we are mm. and i think that's like oh yeah there's an important Colour. i think there's an important distinction between like survival skills and letting things slide yeah. Yeah. And i think that's something that in, i've had to think about a lot is like how what things am i doing because they're survival skills mm. and what things am i doing because i'm letting things slide where I don't, I, where I don't have to be in that relationship. Like, yeah. for example, like, like microaggressions. If people don't know what microaggressions are, 
but to, to be honest, we'll probably add a definition in the start, but mm-hmm. like they can, it might seem like a small thing then and there, Mm-hmm. but it um waste being reposted something from someone else i can't remember who it was but they it was about like talking about microaggressions as mosquito bites yeah like if you get one mosquito bite like i can imagine it's like oh it's annoying but if you're getting constantly bitten constantly, by mosquitoes yeah. you're going to be like so pissed off mm. all the time i think that so you're if and it's a, not just yeah. like pissed off it's like your body is physically like yes no you, it's not just even you can off. like yeah, yeah. you know like microaggressions like you can physically like see well not even see but like they are there and like you mm. talked about before like Martin Luther King Jr mm-hmm. of like you know dying with he died with the heart of someone who was like 20 years older than yeah. he was when he died because of the amount of stress yeah we also talked about like black maternal mortality rates in the UK are five times higher for so for mm. black women you're five times more likely to die in childbirth than a white woman and there are loads of studies about why this is there's also racism within healthcare but stress is like a significant stress, factor yeah. um I did a lot of reading last year around the impact of stress on black people and their health. Mm. And that is stress is a product of microaggressions. Like yeah. imagine going through your life and having people constantly question your existence or aggress you in some way, even if it's a small thing, a cut is a cut. It doesn't matter how deep, like someone's left bleeding. And like, I think people don't appreciate how much that will impact you. At least I didn't appreciate how much that was impacting mm. me. And so I think, yeah, like so if you're going to experience those things, as a marginalized person, if you're going to experience these cuts anyway, like take yourself out of the, the situations where where you can you remove can yourself, remove yourself yeah. from them. Like you don't have to exist in spaces. Like if sorry, if there's a situation that you don't have to be in and mm. you feel unsafe, then remove yourself from that situation because that's an act of self love and that's an yeah. act of radical self love of being like I love myself enough that yeah. I'm not going to let this person harm me. Like I think curating safe spaces is something that both of us have talked a lot Super about, and yeah. it's important to in your life have places where you feel like you're safe and you're looked mm. after. Um, but also, I guess there's like, if let's say, for example, in a friends group and mm-hmm. there's something that comes up and like, I think there's also something to be said about a survival skill of like letting it slide because mm-hmm. you don't feel in that moment, mm-hmm. you don't feel safe enough. And then like, you know, that's that's where the person with the privilege should come mm-hmm. in because they are safe enough to speak up. And, and that is so important. Like why, for example, like white people speak up around like racism because like you will be more safe to say something or like, mm-hmm. you know, like like women always having to talk around like sexism or something like the person who holds the privilege needs to speak up because they will be safer and they won't mm. have the microaggression against them and they won't have the internal stress. Mm. Um, yeah, exactly. Like I think people... People might see either of us online in our presence being very like calling things out or whatever or talking about things and think that we're exactly the same in real life in all of our situations. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for you, but I know that there are certain situations where I don't feel safe enough to call things out right mm-hmm. then and there. Like, and in those, those are situations where I want these like so-called quote unquote white allies to stand up and say yeah. something like I want them to be, that's the, that's the time when you should stand up and like mm-hmm. use your privilege. Um, and yeah, and that's why like, yeah, and we're not saying to anyone that if you feel unsafe, you should have to yeah, call yeah. it like letting things slide, quote unquote, letting things slide. All that, that it, it, Honestly, there's, there's a big I, distinction I think between. The, I think yeah. it's more like when, for example, like white people like hang out and some like some like racist slur gets dropped, mm. white people are letting it slide. I, yes. I wouldn't, you know, like we've talked mm. about this like in other like marginalized space, but like, is it really like setting and letting it slide if it would harm you? For yes. Me? So I think it's like quote-unquote like allies letting things slide mm-hmm. um, that's a really good point because also I've I know that I've like beat myself up a lot about the things I've yeah that I've like seen as myself letting things slide but also 
like you've got to protect yourself <laughs> like I think self-preservation yeah. is an act of radical love for mm. yourself and like and that might look like not having to like have your existence through resistance that's one thing that I realized is like looking after yourself not putting yourself in situations where you're going to be harmed is like resisting white supremacy and is resisting oppression mm. because you're being like I'm not gonna I'm actually gonna re- re- like not remove yourself from oppression but I'm not gonna allow myself to be in a space where I'm gonna be oppressed even more yeah like I'm gonna separate myself from that and I think that there's a lot to be said about just like you don't if someone makes you feel like absolute crap you don't have yeah. to be friends with them you just don't like yeah and that's I think that can really, be really yeah. hard yeah and like can. I think especially now after lockdown like people are excited to see people mm-hmm. and like it might be a real letdown like when you actually like meet people again mm-hmm. like whoever is like you know whether you I don't know you've been like fantasizing about someone or like just like your friends and suddenly it's not the same anymore mm-hmm. because you've done a lot of learning or yeah. unlearning during the last like few months and like but I think also like it's almost it's not a fresh start but like you can allow yourself to give that space and be like actually like I've I've kind of moved on I've mm-hmm. outgrown you all and like and if you if you guys like haven't done the work then like I'm not I'm not your educator mm. to like we've all been in the same places mm. I mean obviously with different things going on but like you know like there is space for you to move on mm. and I was listening to another podcast today so you mind and um and like um they were talking about like how it's not enough talked about like how when we outgrow certain spaces it's really hard to do that because we feel Mm. like we leave other people behind or we leave memories behind but also like it's so beautiful to be able to prioritize yourself Mm. over the shitty like things that were that happened before and like Mm -hmm. the shitty like relationships that you had before and like yeah i think that's yeah radical self-love yeah and it's yeah it is difficult like mm. yeah it, it is really difficult I think it's, it can be quite hard to prioritise yourself in that time and it's been really selfish it's, yeah. especially because we're not taught that at mm. all ever like yeah. and I know that there'll be some people listening to this being like oh you you're being intolerant like living in your echo chamber but, but if if you're being harmed <laughs> yeah. like and I'm not saying to like I like I think that a way to to help this situation especially if you're listening to this and you're white and you have a lot of privilege like actively call these things out mm. um I've at least experienced since coming back to uni and everything I've experienced I'm not going to go into details but I've experienced a situation where I've noticed a lot of these same white people that posted a load of or not even a load the odd anti-racism resource on their stories <laughs> sorry joe's laughing at this <laughs> <laughs> um they posted these anti-racism resources on their stories during during their quote-unquote black lives matter phase or they posted a black square and then as soon as a situation no, comes up yeah yeah, so yeah as soon as yeah. a situation comes up like where they could actually do something they're just silent it's just absolute silence it's awkwardness it's like oh it's just so incredibly frustrating and it's just like that's the time when you need to stand up like mm. in like you can't just be doing your your anti-racism work doesn't stop when you've like shared a camera yeah. graphic yeah like it's so much more than that like you shouldn't be doing the bare minimum of the quote-unquote work like you need to be doing honestly it's like it's the like it's like minus minimum of mm. like you sharing a post you've probably not even read it so like <laughs> <laughs> so real like, though so real how many people read these posts I like sometimes yeah. i think like are you just posting it for your image like mm. this is another this is a bit of a side note but like but it, i mean it's important because 
like your anti-racism work matters in real life a lot, especially people, because in those situations where like marginalized people can feel unsafe to call things out, it's so much safer for white people to call things out. Also, this doesn't just go for racism, this goes for transphobia, this goes for homophobia, it goes for like any other, of ableism, like any other like oppressive force. Yeah. It has to go beyond social media. Mm. And like, if those of us who have privilege in these different areas, it's like I have, even though I'm a black woman, I have a lot of privilege. I am able-bodied. I am straight-sized. I have loads of privilege in, I'm like um, cisgendered. I have loads of privilege in so many different ways. And I know that I need to show up in those spaces. This actually just reminded me of something, Joe. Yeah. Do you want to talk about allyship fatigue? Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, go on. Okay, so something that we both, it's a bit of a, yeah, just kind of jumping on. <laughs> something that both of us have been, um, we vaguely talked about, and a, and a lot of my black friends I've been talking to them about this, is some people posting about how they're getting allyship fatigue. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just like being like, oh, like, since Black Lives Matter, it's just been really hard for me because mm. it's just been really tiring learning about racism. I've read one book, I'm so tired. Yeah, this is like... I'm sorry, but come no, on. No. Sorry. What? I mean, like, do you not realize how much of self-centering and white tears you're spreading all mm. across the internet? Like, first of all, like, there's nothing you can't, you can't be fatigued about learning something that you, you don't, don't experience. experience. And you haven't had to experience for your whole life. <laughs> Literally. It just, re- to me, it just reeks of privilege because yeah. I'm like, and why, why are you, why are you tweeting about it? Why are you taking up even more space mm. rather than, like, I, and that's something that I've quite found quite hard because some of my like quote unquote friends have been like, oh, like I just never knew about racism before. Never. I'm just so new to all of this. Almost as if I should be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to applaud you for doing the bare minimum. And I'm really tired of that almost expectation as well. It's quite yeah. like it's tiring for me. It's like yeah. if you think you're tired, think about actually experiencing racism mm. for your whole life. Yeah. Like stop centering yourself in that and like I think take a and I can understand if you do feel like this like I'm not invalidating your emotions I'm just saying sometimes you need to take a step back and be like are these emotions the most important ones yeah and in this am I just centering myself too much like and like yeah do you need to broadcast to the whole world also, yeah, yeah why are they also running to you to like get a badge like yeah to what? dump your guilt on you, you know, like yeah I mean, speak if if you really need to like speak to someone about this, like speak to your to your white friends mm. about it, like speak to people about it who who can tell you that like you should be ashamed of n- never having done like anything before, mm. and then it's like time to move on, and then be like, okay, I actively suppressed learning about this, mm. and now I'm gonna you know do do like the maximum that I can because mm. it will still not be enough. Mm-hmm and um and move on but like and that's what i want to hear i want to hear people say i don't want to i'm so tired of people saying i'm new to this mm. i want to hear people say i actively suppress this throughout my life because mm. i'm I, one thing that really annoys me is when people are like oh, i didn't know racism was a problem before because i'm like you did know you were just you just didn't care enough yeah and like there's nothing you can't do anything about the past apart from change what your current actions now and what you can change is say like okay like and it's not even true like they've watched all of the movies yeah. that are like around like white saviorism mm. around like the anti-slave like mm. like you know like the picturing of like history like you you know mm. you've just chosen you've actively ignored especially yeah. especially when people who are my friends say this i'm like are you joking yeah like you follow me on instagram you've seen that i talk about this stuff for like i always have and i always yeah. will and i always and even on facebook like i'll share stuff always like mm. it's been an active ignorance 
Yeah. Like it's not, and just be, just acknowledge that. Yeah. And I think that if all of us acknowledge that, even in the way that I'm sure that I have been, I'm a hundred percent sure that I have been actively ignorant to a lot of other oppressive issues because of my own privilege yeah. and your privilege can, can, can stop you from not can stop your privilege makes you not want to see these things because you want to uphold yeah, yourself yeah. and like acknowledging your privilege also means acknowledging that you benefit from oppression and therefore mm. you're gonna have to give up some of that benefit in order to like yeah but so but i just think we need to be honest with where we're at mm. and like our situations and with our friends as well and the people that we love be like i don't know just not be dumping guilt on people and instead be like okay i don't know try and find a way of having i don't know a more honest relationship and I think we all like we all I think have seen for example like movies or like books and we like I know I should read this Mm -hmm. but I'm going to postpone it until later yeah and I think that's really like that's a point where we need to be like if I feel like I need to like somehow this is like in you know it keeps coming up like you need Mm. to you need to read it and like Mm. there's so many things like I definitely I also like need to do that a lot more and like rather than because I, I know also like for myself, like I can be quite like, I guess just like focus on like something and then mm. I completely like, like I, for example, like need to learn so much more about like ableism and like, mm. I'm, yeah, I'm like too. really like ashamed of like how much I have like not, for example, learned about it. Doesn't say like I, I like, I know enough about other systems where I benefit off or like even, yeah, whatever. But, um, that's something, for example, like I really need to home in on. Um, and I think that's like, but, you know, I'm not going like, to go up to someone and be like, hey, I haven't done this work. Like, what are, what are they supposed to say? Like, it's isn't that awkward, isn't it? I, yeah it's oppressive it's yeah, oppressive yeah it's like I haven't mm. I haven't prioritized your experience and your mm. existence it's also just what I find quite awkward is the people who are like who are waiting for an applause to be like oh, mm. I just read me and white supremacy oh cool sorry you can't see me but I just did a thumbs up <laughs> like sick yeah like, that's like yeah obviously I think that's a good thing but I'm also like you shouldn't be looking for applause for doing the bare minimum yeah. And that, because that is also exhausting to expect your marginalized friends to then like applaud you for finally caring yeah. about their existence and their oppression is like, yeah. I think there's something to be said around like time and like mm-hmm. and like timelines and like how, for example, like white supremacy and capitalism, and like I would say also the patriarchy has like very much taught us we want quick results, mm-hmm. um, and like activism can be very much like oh we want like now now now, mm-hmm. and a lot of these like a lot like especially unlearning there's not any check boxes which yeah. means like you won't have immediate like y- i mean p- you personally having the privilege won't actually have any check boxes anyways yeah and for you having to also unlearn these like time immediate time limits mm. is like something very new mm. but it's very important we still do it anyways and mm. like yeah i think there's something to be said around like you know, this is a lifelong thing and you need to be equipped to do that and not just have like a month of unlearning. So, yeah. And I think like, kind of like bring this back to relationships and stuff. Mm. Unlearning is, is ugly. It's not, it's not easy. If it's easy, you're not doing it right. (laughs) A hundred percent. If you're in, if in a white supremacist society and system or whatever, 
you'll find all of your anti-racism work is compatible with that system. Mm. Is it actually anti-racism work? Is it actually effective? Are you actually causing disruption to the system? Probably not. If Mm. if it's not uncomfortable, then are you actually like, I think that's something that I really want people to reflect on. I know it's hard to be like, oh yeah, it's going to be really uncomfortable and like going to kind of shake your world Mm. up and cause you to lose some of your benefit. That's a shit sell. No one wants (laughs) to do that. But it's true. It's true. But like part of that is you need to challenge the people around you, but you also need to be challenged by the people around mm, you. Yeah, and 100%. there's a lot to be said about being in spaces where you can talk to each other about these things and challenge yeah. each other about these things and feel safe in doing that. And mm. I think that I would encourage all of you to reflect on your relationships and think: Am I able? Am I being challenged by the people around me? How could I find people who could challenge me? Yeah, like I don't know. Social media is a great place to find yeah. people who. Are similar. If you join the Patreon, we, we could try and I think we'd, it'd be great to try and form some sort of community oh, things. That'd be like, nice. yeah, I think yeah. both of us would love to do that. Yeah. Um. So that people can like find each other as well, because I know that a lot of people can feel quite lonely in all of this. Mm. I know that for a long time I felt really lonely and caring about climate Same, activism, yeah. intersectionality, and anti-oppression. And we met because of social media. Yeah. I've met so many of my friends now because yeah, of social media, because of Instagram. So. Because you just like lay open like what you're like you know what you what, about. what's interested yeah to you, so yeah yeah and yeah but I think yeah when I think of like my closest friends like I definitely like we don't all do the same work like no. some of us have like very different like passion projects I would say but like it's a it's a safe space and we are openly open to each other like being challenged being critiqued and also like being able to take on criticism mm-hmm. and I think that is so important of like mm-hmm. You know, just because like I do more climate stuff and someone else is more like political party work doesn't mm. mean like we can't be friends. Like actually for me, it's always like that is exactly where my friendships benefit from because we don't do the same work so we can challenge each other. But I know that like they will call me out on my mm. BS and I will always call, be able to safely call them out. And yeah. like that should be that should be the bare minimum in friendships and friendships. Yeah, yeah. Like in, yeah. Relation, yeah, in relationships. In relationships. Choices, yeah, yeah. Um, like there's a tweet that was saying you can disagree and still be friends when it comes to Star Trek, but not about human rights. 100%. And that's one thing that kind of pisses me. Like, I, I love that sentiment, mm. but it doesn't, it, what annoys me is when people are like, oh, like, can't you just disagree and be friends about racism? No, no. I'm sorry, but that's my, that's my life and my experience. That's my safety. I'm yeah. not going to be friends with someone who's racist mm. just because you want me to. Like, especially when a white person says that to a marginalized, or sorry, if someone with privilege says that to a marginalized person, like you should never say that a marginalized person should put themselves in a place where they're unsafe and you should also never condone I also think that like if you're if you're being present in a relationship where you know someone is racist or mm. like oppressive in some way and you aren't calling them out on it you are complicit like you're complicit in that system that's what we mean when we say what we mean that's what people mean when they say like silence is violence or whatever mm-hmm. it's because it's silence is silence silence is complicity like I think that even around the silence is violence like that's quite tricky because the whole like idea that if you didn't say it on social media it didn't happen or like the work's not happening like a lot of the work that is happening is offline offline and it is like not public Mm -hmm. but if you're in if in your relationships and in those relationships where you have a presence of some sort if you allow people to say things and you don't and you are safe and it's safe enough for you to call them out and you don't say anything you're complicit in the violence in which that they are perpetuating and i think you really need to check yourself if you're if you don't if you post all this stuff online to your friends who pretty much care about the same stuff as you and pretty much agree with you. If you're the one also holding that privilege. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I think there's a lot to be said about that. 100%, but. yeah.
just a bit of a disclaimer um, for everything that we've just talked about. Um, we're not just saying counsel everyone you know who hasn't had the same, I don't know, experience as you, who hasn't been, had the same, like, I don't know, exposure to information as you. Mm. Um, something that I heard, like, quite a long time ago, I can't remember who by, is don't cancel people for something that you've only recently unlearned yourself. Yes. So that's not going to be helpful. If you just go around and you're like, okay, I've now learned all this stuff and I'm just going to cancel everyone who hasn't ever heard of it. Mm. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that it that give people the opportunity and especially like white allies and people with privilege. It's really mm. important that you do confront the people who don't who don't know about the stuff or who have problematic viewpoints and blah, blah, blah. But if you're finding that they constantly resist the yes. opportunity to to learn about this stuff that's mm. when you can be like okay i'm actually going to value my energy in this situation and and prioritize of- my own safety and mm. move move on i guess that's yeah especially if you have that privilege of personally not being harmed and your existence not being harmed like that's exactly when you need to step up and call in these people and i guess also one thing is like we can't afford to cancel all of these people mm. and like if like if everyone that is on the same wavelength as you as you or like you pretend or you expect them to be and you only surround yourself with people like that then like that's exactly the like echo chamber that we are trying to burst because like mm. what's that going to do for the you know majority of people who are like being harmed continuously because we are outcasting all of these people and you know like for me like I've had so many people investing time and energy into my learning curve mm. and like that should be a continuous process mm. of also giving that to other people and like um being like a reflexive learning for both sides rather than like thinking you're above someone else because you've read one book mm. yeah give people opportunity to read that book too yeah. like yeah. yeah I think I think of how many things that I have done or believed mm. that were incredibly problematic yes. and are definitely harmful to people and I am so grateful for the people who gave me the opportunity to learn from that yeah. But within all of this, if you're a marginalized person mm. and you feel unsafe with people, you don't have to be around them. No. You really don't like prioritize yourself and your own safety. Um, yeah. And we really hope that you enjoyed this episode and you got yes. something from it and you felt challenged. And we realize this is an ongoing conversation and mm. we do not have the answers for anything. No. <laughs> we can just have a conversation about it. Yeah. Um, and if you enjoy these conversations, we have a Patreon, which we're going to plug, 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 pop, pop, pop. <laughs> <laughs> um, where we put out um, extra episodes every single week that are kind of um, quite relaxed conversations about so many different things. We did one on propaganda. We did one on like migrant rights and refugees, comparing conversation about what's going on um, more recently in like the UK sphere. Um, and kind of documenting also our own learning processes, mm. kind of, yeah, just having good chats. Yeah, really. yeah. And we love having that space and we love yeah. having conversations with you in like a more relaxed way. And it's a way that you can support our work. So if you feel like yeah. you've learned anything from this podcast, um, if you head over to the Patreon, it's the X podcast on Patreon, um, then you can support the podcast and also get to see some extra things. So and love- thanks to yeah. everyone like who's already been supporting. Mm. Like, really, really appreciate it. Um, that's what makes this podcast sustainable. And, yeah, and it makes it happen. Literally, exactly. we can, like, thank you so much for supporting. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we, we love you, Patreons. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, this podcast podcast has been hosted by myself Michaela Loach and Josephine Becker and you can find us both on Instagram I'm at Michaela Loach and, and I'm Teresa Peace on Instagram um, this podcast has been edited by the wonderful Finley Mowat um, all the music comes from Finley as well and you can find him on Instagram at Finley Mowat um, we look forward to being in your ears on another episode <laughs> that sounded really strange <laughs> <laughs>